Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio. We're there every day on the Nothing But Net channel from 7 to 8 p.m. Also, my new show on OnsideRadio.com is now 10 to 11. Excuse me, 10 to 12. It used to be 10 to 11. It's now the Five Reasons Sports Show, not just the Five Reasons Sports Hour. You can catch Five Reasons guests on there talking about the Heat, but also the Dolphins, Marlins, Canes, Inter-Miami, Panthers, and all the other teams in town. Also, check out Five Reasons Sports. Sports.com, spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com. Our guy Brady Hawk posting all those stories over there. The latest from Josh Houts on the Dolphins situation is up there now as well. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This one, a little bit of a transition here to basketball. Football's still going on with the playoffs, but the Dolphins are not. You can play prize picks at prizepicks.com on the NFL. You can also play it on the national championship game coming up. But you can also play it on the NBA, and they're about to launch something really cool. So check out the site now directly related to the NBA. Instead of giving you an overall fantasy score for an NBA player and saying, do you think they'll go over or under? Now they can just pick one stat. You can pick one stat. So, for instance, you think LeBron's going to go over 31 points? pick the over with him and put him in, I guess, what's called a parlay with another player. You think that, I don't know, Jimmy Butler is going to go over five assists, go over. You think Goran Dragic is going to go under six assists, you go under. That's the way you play it. So go to prizepicks.com, just make a small deposit, check it out, use the code five, you get all kinds of bonuses. They got lots of specials going on now. In fact, they even have player-specific specials. So for instance, like today, if you decided to go over or under Kyrie Irving or Donovan Mitchell, you get a 1.25 payout on that. So all kinds of cool promotions that are there on the site. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code five to get the most possible out of it. This is the new fun way to play Daily Fantasy. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander and at Tropical Blanket. Now, yesterday, we got into the lineup change, the rotation change. We were very specific to this team and where they go forward. They play the Boston Celtics in a back-to-back coming up. We're going to get into that a little bit here at the end of the episode. But we wanted to focus, as we go forward, on some players who could be trade targets other than the one we've talked about so much, which is James Harden. Barry Jackson had another report about how many pieces that the Heat might have to give up uh, to get James Harden. We've talked about that a lot here on the podcast, but there are some other options and one option, and I know that there's a clutch corner on our YouTube channel, on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel tonight that Adam Barai and also Royal Shepard are hosting, where Adam's going to talk a little bit about Kyle Lowry and whether or not Toronto would move him, especially after the start they've gotten off to, and whether or not the Heat would be one of the possibilities. So I'm going to sort of give you what Adam's reporting has been on this, and then I'm going to give you some of our reporting, and then we're going to focus on whether this is a reasonable possibility. According to Adam, and this is the guy who had the Harden stuff before anybody else, Toronto is open to moving Kyle Lowry the last year of his deal, $30 million, but it's an expiring contract maybe quietly at some point if they get off to a bad start, which they already have. And again, they're playing in Tampa. They're not even at home in Toronto where Kyle's a fan favorite and they might ultimately do Kyle a favor by trading him to one of the teams that he might be interested in playing for. And according to Adam, 
The three teams that are possibilities are the Miami Heat, where he has a relationship with Jimmy Butler. He likes the city of Miami from everything that I've heard. He flirted with Miami a few years ago in free agency. The Los Angeles Clippers has a relationship, of course, with Kawhi Leonard. They won a championship together. And the other one is the Philadelphia 76ers, where they could probably use a true point guard. And he played at Villanova. So let's get into this, Greg, first thing. Do you think Kyle Lowry is a good trade target for the Miami Heat? Short answer is yes. Uh, everything I've heard from um, various people around the organization is that Kyle Lowry is a Miami Heat player and that they would be absolutely uh, interested in, uh, you know, investigating what it would take to acquire him. I think that he would, you know, obviously there were other players that they pursued first. And I think there's bigger names that were initially uh, sought after and may still be sought after, quite frankly. But Lowry is absolutely... Um, a name that I think makes sense, a name that I think is viable uh, and would fit great in Miami. I mean, we know Jimmy loves him and all the reasons why is the reasons why this team is good is kind of the, the characteristics that Kyle Lowry um, embraces. And the, the, the big question mark, and I know we're going to get into it as we talk more here, is the cost. And I think that that's going to be the biggest factor here. But Kyle Lowry is a great fit in Miami. Alex, how would he fit with the current group? In other words, is, is uh, he's still a starting point guard in the NBA, obviously. I mean, he's, he's pretty much still pretty close to all-star level. But when you look at the other pieces, and I know Jimmy wants to play with him. He's admired him. Um, they have, obviously, a close friendship. He's a Jimmy Butler type of player beyond, obviously, clearly, because they have a friendship being a Jimmy Butler type of person. But how would you see the basketball fit between him and Jimmy on both ends, but start with offense, and then also with Bam? I mean, I think it would be a pretty fantastic fit if you're talking about it. Like, I pretty much agree with everything Leif said there. I think it all depends on the cost. And, you know, I'm not ranking Kyle Lowry over James Harden or Bradley Beal or some of other Heat fans' favorite names to trade for. My thing with Kyle Lowry is he is probably the most perfect fit you can add to the Heat as far as a star-level player. I think Lowry is obviously a little bit on the older side now, and I haven't actually looked at his stats this season. It's obviously only been a short season. They started off, uh, you know, 1-5, and five, not a great start. But I think he would be an awesome fit here. Like, I think when he is at his best, when he's playing on a on a championship-level team, he's probably the most impactful point guard in the East. I think I'd take him over Kyrie. I'd take him over Kemba. You know, I, I guess Trey Young is going to end up taking that eventually because he's already really good. But I think Lowry is that impactful on both ends of the floor. I think he would be great for them on offense as far as somebody who can run sets for them. And then when he's off the ball, just kind of always moving around and screening, I think he would be absolutely perfect for the type of motion offense that they run. And on defense, he's still a hound. Like I said, he's a little bit older, so he's not in his maybe in, in his athletic prime anymore, but he's still a really good defender, and he really locks in during the playoffs. You know he's annoying with the flopping and the charges. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that would be great to have on their side for once instead of having to watch it. But, yeah, I think he would be an awesome fit. How do you think he fits with Dragic? And the reason I ask that is they've played together before. And oh, it yeah, was that's right. It, right. It was described as a little bit contentious at the time when they played together in Houston, but I I've observed them over the years. Dragic has spoken very positively of Kyle. They obviously had the playoff series against each other in 16. Um, so they saw each other quite a bit in that series, but just again, basketball fit. Could you, I mean, how much could you play Lowry and Dragic together? I think the Dragic would be coming off the bench. So I don't even think it would be 
that much but when they play issue. together down the stretch, I mean, if you're making this kind of trade and we're going to talk about what pieces might be involved in this, right? If you're making this kind of trade, you're not trading Goron. I mean, Goron's going to be here. I would assume. I mean, Toronto has no use for Goron in the last year of his contract. Right. I mean, so, yeah, but so you're going to, I mean, they're both going to be here. You want Goron on the floor at the end of the games. You want Lowry on the floor at the end of games. Right. So wouldn't you, and that would be your backcourt at the end of games. Would it not? Mm, I don't know, Ethan. I don't know because you got Jimmy Butler there. You got Tyler Hero. You got Duncan Robinson. Well, you may not have Tyler Hero, right? We, oh, <laughs> we, well, we, well, that, we you're gonna piss off a lot of Heat fans talking about that. I think there's. I just think there's no way you can do that. I, mean, I know we haven't gotten to that yet. I just assume that Hero would still be on the team just because, like, I don't think you could trade away a Tyler Hero for a 35 year old point guard, no matter how good he is. Okay, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to that next. Let's because that's the big thing here is what pieces you would actually. But the fifth thing. The fit thing is interesting, though, because, like, off the top of my head, I wouldn't be playing them together, but I think you could. Like, I think all those guys are ball movers. It's just tough because I, I think you'd I, – I don't know. I think you could play them together, but I, I don't think that that would be your guaranteed uh, closing backcourt. It, it would be really tough, That's I true. think, for Spo to figure out a, a closing backcourt or closing lineup in general. Yeah, you. I think you stagger them. I think that there's probably ways – there's certain matchups where Lowry can guard a two – um, in ways that Tyler, in the same ways that Tyler Hero does. I mean, I know that Tyler Hero mm -hmm. has five inches in height, but um, Lowry is just as stout a defender, I would say, um, as Hero is. So if you can play Gorn and Hero for any stretch, I think that you could probably escape for short stretches with the two of them. But you're, to, to Alex's point, maybe they don't both close. I mean, maybe it's a situation where uh, you um, – kind of ride the hot hand but also if you anticipate that throughout a grueling season that Goran Dragic is going to need to be rested then maybe you need the ammunition from both guys too well of course but I mean Lowry's even older than Goran right I mean are they what are they I think they're a year they're within a year of each other right so it's it's kind of like if you're resting one guy you're resting the other this is sort of what we talked about no, with Iguodala he's about getting pacing 30, guys but 36 but, minutes a game this year what's that Lowry's getting 30 no it's crazy no, I, I know. No, he's no, I know he's still playing. He's still playing a lot of oh, minutes. So they're both 34. I just looked it this, up. And both 34. Yeah, I thought they were within a year of each other. But OK, we're going to get to the pieces that you would have to trade here, because I know that's the part that all three of us kind of want to get to. But the last thing about this, does it diminish the value of a Lowry coming here if it means that you're taking Dragic off the floor at the end of games? Because, I mean, Goran was on the floor during their champion. I'm not championship, but finals run last year. It, it does seem like it's it. I don't know. It seems like you, it's, it's a little bit of a zero sum game if you're not going to play them together. Yeah. No, I think that case can be made. I mean, to make a blockbuster trade that doesn't allow you to put your five best players on the floor when the game matters most, that is obviously an issue. So I think that that is where um, obviously the return will, will make some sense of it, but also um, it, it also could just be a situation where you are looking for an upgrade. And if you're, if you have a seller in your conference and you don't want Kyle Lowry to end up on a team that you're going to have to face, there could be an element of it that way, depending on the cost as well. So, I mean, there's just so many layers to it, but from a pure basketball perspective, I do think that when we talked about Kyle Lowry in, in years past, it was always under, under the assumption that Goran would be the piece that left. And when that's not the case, it obviously right. changes the, the dynamic. All right, so let's get to it then. $30 million contract. You got to match the money, right? Uh, you you got to get close enough to the money. So you're going to have to include one of two pieces who were, as we talked about last night, in the rotation right now. One of them is in the starting lineup in Olenek, maybe sending him back to Canada. 
or Iguodala in the last year of their deal, right? I mean, that's just to get halfway well, there. I think you got to send money. both of them for sure. But you need a yeah, both. We're right now well, both. Um, both of them. Both. Okay. And then what's the piece? Okay. So what is the piece from your perspective? Let's start from Masai's perspective. Masai, Masai Ujiri is one of the best GMs in the league. He's one of the few GMs in the league. I wouldn't, him and Sam Presti, along with Pat Riley, are three of the GMs I would not, I would not be rushing to deal with. Okay. So you have a deal potentially between Riley and Ujiri. Um, what is the piece that you think Masai would want to make this worth moving Kyle? And the one other thing I do want to say just to, you know, put a little context into this. I don't know necessarily that Toronto would trade Kyle if they were playing in Toronto this year. I think that matters because Kyle has become such, I don't know. He's just become a face of that town in so many ways. I think it's harder, but the Raptors are kind of out of sight, out of mind this year. They're playing in Tampa. I think that makes it easier, but still Masai's got to get something. So what is the piece, Greg, that you think he would want? So this, this gets tricky. Let, let, let me come at it from two directions quickly. One is, that if the trade is going to happen today, then yes, Iguodala and Olenek need to be in the trade to make the money match. If the trade happens a month from now in February, when some of the players that were recently signed could be included, obviously you could maybe remove a contributing piece like Olenek and add in Myers Leonard and do things like that. So let's just level set that playing field there from a timing perspective. Uh, but as you speak now, Iguodala, Olenek, that makes the money work, right? So now we're talking, what piece do you add? I think that uh, Toronto would actually, um, yeah, obviously they'd love Hero. That's not possible. You're not trading Hero for a, a declining, expiring Kyle Lowry. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I think they'd ask for Duncan Robinson. I think he feels like a uh, a player that would help that retool and around Siakam and Van Vliet and guys like that. So I think that's probably who they ask for. If I'm Miami, I say Kendrick Nunn and KZ Akpala along with KO and Iggy. And I don't know how much further I go other than draft capital. KZ is interesting um, as is precious. We obviously know Ujiri's connections um, and He's brought in a lot of players. Let's be honest. He's brought in a lot of players with, with background from that continent. He knows uh, those guys very well. Okay. I, I've heard he likes Akpala uh, quite a bit. So I'll throw it to you, Alex. First thing, if you're Masai, who would you be going for? And then if you're the Heat and the option is you can trade KZ and his future or Precious and his future, who do you trade? And this is a loaded one right here. Uh, I think obviously Masai is going to ask for Tyler Hero in a package. And I think obviously the Heat are going to say no. We know how they are on Tyler Hero. I mean, they've said no <laughs> on trading him for, uh, you know, much superior players. So I, 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 you know, I don't take that out of the question here. As far as who the Heat should trade and who I would trade if I'm the Heat, that, that's where it gets really tough. If I had to trade one of KZ, I'm taking. I'm trading KZ. I think Precious has already shown to be uh, a rotation player and somebody who I think is going to be a really nice, productive player for the Heat for the next few years, depending how good he becomes. And, and frankly, I just think it's the role is there for him already, whereas KZ, it, it clearly isn't. Uh, now, my opinion is I don't think that's going to be enough to land a Kyle Lowry is to try to, you know, give them Iguodala, Olenek, Nunn, and KZ Akpala. I don't think that's a great package for them. I think they're probably going to ask for multiple young guys. And that's why I think it's going to get tricky for the Heat. Because, yes, I would trade for Kyle Lowry. And, no, I wouldn't trade multiple young guys for Lowry. Like, I'm not giving them KZ, Precious, and a Duncan Robinson, or, you know, some some type of trade package like that. Like, I think it's hard to find the right price where both teams will come out satisfied here. Let me play devil's advocate, though. 
Kyle Lowry is in the last year of his deal. As we said, he's 34. He's going to be 35 by next year. Mm. Do you really want to resign him for big money? If you're Toronto, you just paid Van Vliet, what, $22 million a year? I mean, you have a backcourt guy. You got Ananobi, obviously, who play, you know, can play the two. Um, they've developed other players before. They're pretty good at that. But Lowry's still so their best you're player. Not planning, but I understand that. But if you're if you're in a rebuild, if you're struggling this year and you're in a rebuild and you're not planning on re-signing Kyle, you don't think Kyle's timeline fits the rest of your group, don't you just try to – now, we're going to talk about the other teams here that could get involved because the Heat aren't just competing against nobody potentially. But, like, if you're Toronto, don't you just try to get whatever young pieces you can get to add to the rebuild if you're not planning – Greg, if you're not planning on keeping – Lowry anyway like I, I mean why not get something I mean if you can get Precious or KZ True. try to resurrect Kendrick Nunn I mean why not you know maybe get a pick why not do it I mean in the world of 2k absolutely you do that but I think that there is a degree of um that Kyle Lowry like I think if you ask most Raptor fans who would get a statue outside of the stadium they may a say Kyle Lowry. So there's an emotional connection that I think um, plays a factor. And I know that being away from Toronto probably helps rip that bandaid off easier, but I do think that it's a factor in terms of what you would give up um, or, or what you would trade him for, but also just the willingness to just trade him uh, just to get anything in return. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't see it as that kind of scenario. I think that they would work closely with him to try to get him maybe where he'd want to be, but I don't see them just casting him off in a way where it's just like, let's retrieve an asset um, in, for him. He's just, he means too much to everything that Toronto has been able to accomplish recently. Um, and then just uh, the more that we talk about this and, and I won't derail us too far, but like, mm -hmm. if you really, Think about it from Miami's perspective. Do they, how much better do you get if you have to send KZ and Precious and then Iggy and KO? Like, I feel like it really is, um, uh, it, it's going to take a, a lot, a different formation. But Greg, of a aren't you saying that in part sense. because of the developments of the past 24 hours? Like, I, I don't feel like you would have said that. A week. I mean, we didn't think KO was going to be in the starting lineup. We weren't even sure consistent minutes. And then Iguadala, as we talked about yesterday, was somebody we were saying, okay, he's either a trade chip or someone you're preserving for key matchups and key minutes in the playoffs. I feel like the last 24 hours when now we see one of them is a starter and the other is a part of this core four of the bench has changed that. I mean, Casey's not playing, right? So, I it's mean, really just precious. Honestly. It's, really, I mean, it's really just precious. So it's more about what you're trading for the future. I mean, they could get a buyout guy who might be able to replace some of what Iguodala does. I mean, what if a Trevor Ariza? I mean, so there could be somebody. I mean, who, uh, that type of player. So or just, they could get, they could get Stanley Johnson back from Toronto in that deal. You know, yeah, if it's somebody. Like a five or six for two kind of trade. But the the part of it that is making me flinch, and it didn't happen until this conversation, is when you mention the Goran Lowry. How are you going to make that work at the end of games? Like that's where I start to flinch about giving up multiple players that you're relying on currently. Maybe you don't rely on them all season, but you are right now. Well, the only, I mean, the only way it works is if you're playing Goran and Lowry together, and then you're probably taking hero off the floor, right. To play Duncan. If Duncan's still here uh, to play, to play Duncan, Bam and Jimmy with them. And I mean, that becomes your, your five with hero kind of subbing in it, it does seem a little duplicative and, and that I'm with you. I think 
I haven't changed my view on it. I still think, and I know Jimmy is a huge Lowry fan, and I think that plays into this. I still think there's great value there in having a guy, in addition to Goran, who can set up your offense, having a bulldog defensively at the point of attack, which we've talked about. Plus, Lowry wouldn't have maybe the same scoring burden that he has in Toronto. So, and I think the what the offense that the Heat run may be more beneficial to him for that. So there might not be the minutes burden on him. So I think he can focus even more on defense. I do think there are some benefits. But yeah, when you look at it that way, it's tough. All right, last part of this, and then I do want to get to Boston real quick here and, and kind of these two matchups that they got coming up. Uh, I mentioned the Clippers and Philly because those are the two teams that Adam talked about that Lowry might be amenable to going to, and both of them make sense. What would be the best piece that either of those two teams could trade to top a Heat offer? Man, that is, I think Philly would probably have the most stuff to trade just because they have a whole cupboard of, of like nice young players there, including Tyrese Maxey. And yeah, I don't know if they would give up. Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Tybo's nice. Like they've got a, they've got some nice young players. I know they've got some picks there. They can throw. Uh, I, I know that Lowry is from Philadelphia and played in Villanova. So that one, that one's interesting. And and that would really, really, really help the Sixers because they desperately need another, another ball handler. And it really makes sense for the Clippers too. Cause I, I I've kind of felt the same way about them that they're kind of missing a true point guard. And I, I don't really like the use of that word true point guard. Cause it's kind of overstated, but I think Lowry would, really help any of the three teams mentioned here and off the top of my head I think it's Philly that would probably have a, a package as far as young guys but we already know that he'd have some young guys they can offer too. the Clippers yeah. the Clippers have no young guys like and they have no yeah. picks either that's the other thing if you look at yeah, it would have to be like some type of competitive trade package as far as some, a team that would keep, uh, leave them still competitive it definitely wouldn't be any young guys yeah picks but that's the other thing, Greg, when we consider this is if, if look, if, if they're going to take care of Lowry and send him to one of the teams that he'd be willing to go to, and we're saying one of those two teams other than the Heat doesn't really have anything to offer. They don't have picks. They don't have, as you said, a cupboard of young players. Um, they don't really have anything to move there. Then it just becomes between Philly and Miami. You may be able to get away with a trade that doesn't include both young guys, you know, in terms of Precious and KZ. And then, it, it, look, then maybe... Maybe KZ, none, and a pick, and the cap filler is enough. Yeah. I mean, and if that's the case, like, I can see the Heat saying, okay, we'll bring them in and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and <laughs> they're, will they're willing you know, to we'll – those two picks that they can um, make available by virtue of a quick transaction with OKC, they are totally willing to include those picks. Like, I feel like those – they'll lead mm -hmm. with the chin with those two draft picks if it means that they can keep a contributor to this core now. That's true. That's a yeah, good point. No doubt about it. All right. When, when we come back um, after a word from one of our sponsors, we're going to quickly get into the Boston situation here with two games coming up against the Celtics. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. Before we do I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, you know, Knicks are no good in the NBA. You're familiar with that. The Knicks are no good. Well, Knicks are no good when you're shaving certain parts of your body either. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. I never thought I would actually say that on a podcast and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean, premium, the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise 
trimming. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Make sure you trim yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN at manscaped.com. And now this is where I end my career. Your balls will thank you. And now back to the episode. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. We got two games. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch on pregame shows, on postgame shows, and all of that stuff coming up. The Heat playing the Celtics. The Heat are three and three on the season. Of course, eliminated the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. But we're going to do this thing rapid fire because we got, we're going to be getting into this over the next three days. What is, in your view, Greg, the one key to sort of staying ahead because right now the heat, maybe they're not ahead in the standings right now, but they're ahead in the terms of they're the team that got to the finals last year, not the Celtics. What is the key in your view to the heat staying ahead of the Celtics this season? Bam and Tyler's Ascension and that essentially staying on some level of the same trajectory as the young guys that are leading in Boston. Alex, what's it for you? Man, they took the answer right out of my mouth. I think as far as Bam and Tyler's growth, that's kind of the key to them going right back to the finals. And obviously, you know, them just being able to put together a strong defense in the playoffs again, because I think we all questioned that to, to a little bit to a certain extent last season. And as long as they got a strong defense and some more internal growth from Bam and Tyler, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of the Celtics. Yeah, you know, it's funny how this is flipped, because I think this is the team that that, you know, following the heat, you know, we were quote unquote afraid of last year and they just don't look scary to me even look brown has taken another step like jalen yep. is taking the step right now that tatum took last year and so you may have two guys who are right outside the top 10 in the nba and still ascending and that's a little scary but kemba has come back um you don't have hayward i don't necessarily think that the ultimately the teague and thompson additions are going to be that big a deal I don't see other way. They're young players. They've drafted some players lately, like Langford, et cetera, who have not Carson Edwards, who have not given. Have you seen how, who their big uh, rookie contributor is this season? Peyton Which Pritchard. That? Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> right. No, I well, yeah, that figures. But yes, <laughs> but right, but he's, but he's doing better than Jeff practice, Teague. And but and Kemba's health, like that's another huge issue. He's not playing yet, and who knows what he's going to look like. Exactly, and so so to me. I don't look, I mean, we talked about Toronto and their struggles this year. Like can Boston get it together? Yes. Cause they've got two guys, like I said, who, you know, very well, I mean, Tatum can move into that top 10 and I think Jalen can move into that top 15. So they've got two of those guys, but I don't know about the surrounding pieces. I, I know obviously what smart provides, there'd be a tough playoff matchup, but I think if the heat are right and the Celtics are right at this stage, I think the heat are better. I, they may not the be better at this stage of the season, but I think ultimately they will be better. The question is if the Heat can get there. All right, check out our sponsors, of course, um, prizepicks.com. Use the code F-I-V-E, manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN. We don't just tell you for us. We tell you for you because you get bonuses, you save money, all that good stuff. We will be on the pregame and postgame streams tomorrow, postgame pod. Um, I'll be at the game tomorrow night, so I'll check it out from on scene at the arena. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.